This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, that's an unusual open to hear. Hi. Yeah, it's been a while, right? It's been since August. August, really? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, look, Jesse likes it. We're probably going to change the music here in a week or two, so enjoy it while you got it. This is like a five-year-old open now. Yeah, so. it's, been a, it's been a while since we've been using this one. We are going to keep the same drops because I still laugh at them every time. But Are we? I mean, you can change some of the ones if you want, but I really like the car bed one because I had a car bed growing up. And I, I'll use a new one then. Okay. I like that. I like the one that right. you know, we have, but yeah. I'll use a new one. I thought we made great decisions a couple of years ago. We did. We did. But, you know, much like the song, you know, we we have to evolve. Let's just poop all over our open. You know, know. I'm just saying, you know. Put it right in the toilet. Let's flush it. Things are different now. Things are different now. I've bucked up a little bit. Uh, It's now cold, snowy death, apparently, in Portland. Oh, man. You didn't know the Snowmageddon 2019 was coming to take over the Northwest? So... I was actually pretty worried about it because I had my aunt, my aunt and uncle visited. They were my uncle was in San Francisco for business, and my aunt joined him because she's retired now. And they're like, "Hey, we'll come up and spend a day or two with you guys." We're like, "Great, sure." So they were here Friday and then yesterday, and they left last night. And I was really worried about the snow because I know how this city is and how the roads are basically undrivable if it snows more than three or four inches, right? And basically, if you get to three or four inches, it's going to be a little bit of an issue. And I live on the west side. I live out in Beaverton. And we woke up Saturday morning bone dry. No snow, no ice, no rain, no liquid, no nothing. I woke up and I went, what happened to the six inches? What? Where's the, where did the snowstorm go? We flip on the news in the morning. And basically from the Willamette East was where all the snow hit. Canis got like six inches. And then a bunch of Northeast Portland got three to four inches and it was, you know, tapering off as you got closer to the river. But it was one of those where I was, even though I understand that it was probably just little pockets of clouds and and rain or precipitation that caused that much snow. When you hear winter storm, you you think giant death cloud of snow over the entire area. And we got zero. We got literally zero. And they had me at Safeway and Fred Meyer buying food and supplies like <laughs> like the apocalypse was coming but the grocery stores looked like the apocalypse was indeed coming like it was crazy like that first friday you know friday morning when everybody had you know started to really worry about it like every single store was 
flooded with people, which was pretty annoying to to see. But then you wake up the next day and everything is fine. You know, at least at least by my house, everything was, you know, you it was drivable. Right? Yeah, we got some, but like it was crazy. Like it's almost kind of like they just punished the you know Gresham area and Troutdale and everything. Like man, screw you guys. Here's your snow. Screw your weekend. Whatever had whatever plans you had, but. Cause my mom lives in Fairview and she called me and was like, Oh my gosh, are you seeing this? And I'm looking outside, like, Nope, it's you know, nothing over here. She was <laughs> like, It's dumping right now. I'm like, Is it? Like, I'm standing outside, you know, and there's nothing happening at the moment. So it was, it, it was a little weird. So I don't, I mean, 181st and on, they got the brunt of it. But outside of that, man, I, I was good. I was functioning the next day. Well, Jesse was the one who was most worried last night. He said his car was stuck on his driveway and he came in and said his driveway is a mess. So basically, it's just a sheet of ice, is what I'm imagining, or is it like got some gravel on it that makes it hard to? Well, drive no, out where of? the gravel is. So I have front wheel drive car, pull in, gravel in the back. Gravel is no longer in the front, so it's just mud. So when it's uh-huh. rainy, it's really slick and everything. But um, then it was just kind of icy, mm-hmm. like so. Um, and then I was. The once again, I, I pay attention to the weather apps and everything, and it, it, it was basically saying you could. We there was about a three or four hour span where they were predicting more precip- precipitation last night, which is where I was like, man, if we get more precipitation, then there's going to be too much ice for me to get out. So I was I was worried about that. As I've learned in my now eight years here in this city, that's don't crazy. trust Portland weathermen. That's crazy to say. Don't trust Portland weathermen. <laughs> Just got to be ready for everything. Because the amount of times that we've predicted crazy snowstorms and nothing has happened, and then the one time we actually got the crazy snowstorm, at least in Portland standards, the six or eight inches that we got two years ago that wasn't predicted at all they were like ah it might be a dusting and then it was just like woof and then it stayed and turned into ice that's that's what the problem was it turned into a big oh yeah sheet of ice everywhere i remember that i spun out on that too but uh i just remember that specific day of that storm because we were here doing prime time that actually the, the whole fan was here i remember sprague saying it took him like five hours to get from here to beaverton just because the roads were just that jam-packed i remember the it was like a zombie apocalypse. Cars were abandoned left and right on the mm-hmm. in the shoulders in the road. I remember that. People running out of gas. Kids were stuck in school buses for eight hours. And luckily, I mean, being on primetime, you leave at seven. There weren't that many people left on the road. I could just take it super slow home. But yeah. I remember that. And that was not predicted. So, And it's important to avoid the freeway if you're, you know, if, or, or really crowded, congested streets. Streets that you know are going to be crowded, like on these snow days, man. If you can know, if you know some back ways, some back streets, or some some less crowded streets you can take to get places, man, do that. Like, but that's how people end up getting stuck on the freeway, and that was crazy. I remember driving home, you know, because I live southeast Portland, so I, I'm driving home that day of the the snow apocalypse, which we have to stop doing. We have to start stop calling this stuff snowmageddon. And snowpocalypse, just just call it a storm or a blizzard or whatever we're gonna do. But I mean, those names are stupid. But for places like Portland, which doesn't handle the snow very well, it can become a snowmageddon. That still sounds stupid. I mean, I mean it does, but it also sounds epic. Mm, I don't get epic. Epic? I don't question get mark? question mark. Yeah, no, I don't get epic. I I, I get stupid when I hear that. So <laughs> <laughs> so you got to stop doing that. But uh, just try different ways to to get there. I mean, really the the. I would say take the freeway because that at least has cars that's, that have melted the snow. Yeah, and that's how the cars were stuck on the side from waiting on the freeway for everybody to try to get off on the same exit. Because, number one, you're going two miles an hour in the snow. You 
probably don't have snow tires or weren't you know prepared for it. Right. You don't necessarily need snow tires. You just need to be careful. But yeah, it helps. You it, know, you obviously. Yeah. It, yeah, you of don't course, need them, it helps or chains help, but you don't necessarily need them. It just got to be careful. Um, the craziest thing about yesterday. So I, we spent most of the day west, and we went east side a little bit, and there was really nothing on the ground. And when we were bringing them to the airport last night at about probably 8 o'clock, the second we got to the 205 merge is where all the ice was just all of a sudden there. And I was like, whoa. It, I was baffled because 84 was clear almost entirely up until maybe like halfway down towards um, what is the, the street exit right before – the 205 one. Uh, 180, uh, 82nd? Yeah. Um, right right around there is where the ice was starting to creep in, but it was still fairly dry. You get off the ramp to get on 205, it was just a sheet of ice. And I'm like, Portland, yeah. this is one of the most used ramps in the city. You can't keep the ice off of this yeah. for us, please? Okay. <laughs> Everyone's like slamming on their brakes and skidding. And it's like, the, well, the weather gods clearly hate Southeast Portland. And that's, <laughs> that's the only reason it happened. Just around 82nd on. Man, all you guys are going to have a terrible weekend. And Canvas got a lot, too. Canvas so they must take Canvas, too. So Just like Sue. <laughs> no, I, guess, I guess so. There you go. So there was our that was our snowmageddon yesterday. And although it looks like it's not going to be as bad this week, I was looking at the weather on, like, Friday. And every single day, one to three inches of snow. One to three inches of snow, like, Monday through next Wednesday. Now, if you look at it, it's like rain, rain, rain. Ah, maybe a little snow mix. So seems to be changing in our favor yeah i think the I think the worst is over unless you wanted point. a lot of snow days then it's not changing in your no favor. i don't want any snow days like if you're that first day of no of snow is like okay cool maybe your job you know closed things down for safety reasons and stuff like that you know okay great that second day and that third day is usually where it's like okay see this my team won the super bowl on sunday so i had we'll monday about that my bit. team had mon i had monday off of work you know for for whatever reason but then we had Tuesday off be, because of the snow. And so it was like, man. What? So I'm on when if the schools, if uh, the school district decides to shut down, then yeah. we won't actually report, you know, the work. We'll do right, I know, but I, I'm surprised that the school was closed on Tuesday, too. That was the that was the snow day. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the snow I don't came. even remember there being really yeah, snow. <laughs> there's, there's the, the snow came, you know, Tuesday, and then it melted, you know, quickly. So they could have went to school. But they did. Oh, that's yeah. Right. So they could have went to school, but did. But either way, I was going out of my mind at home for a little bit. Just not. Be, I, wash, I washed my car <laughs> just because I didn't have anything else to do, and I was that bored. It's freezing out there, but yet and still, I did it just because I ran out of things to do. Also, uh, I like this text. Wondering if the meteorologist got a cut of Costco's Fred Myers and Safeway profits. I I hope he did because it was because of these meteorologists that had everybody going to the store. Couldn't find avocados. I couldn't find. They took all the Juanitas. Yeah, it was it was all bad, all bad at the do store. You, do you really need to apocalypse run the supermarket for what would be some snow for a couple days? Uh, because I think it's just the the inconvenience of leaving. Don't nobody want to leave after it's snow. And again, most people don't have snow tires, and most people don't live. Lucky for me, I live almost right across the street from a Fred Meyer. So. I'm kind of good. If I can really walk or, you know, take my car really, really slow to the store if I want to. But that's not the reality for most people. And the store is deep. Nobody wants to go to the store back and forth and forgetting this. Most people, I mean, 
I don't know. You probably well, you're forgetting you seem stuff, very do a responsible. Better job of writing a list. You seem very <laughs> responsible. That's what I was gonna say. You seem very responsible, and you seem like you make lists when you go to the store, and of you actually I go make lists. You actually go grocery shopping for like the two weeks, man. Yeah, every I, Sunday we go grocery shopping for the whole week. Yeah. See, I I, I we t- I typically don't because I don't know if I really have enough time. Only time I really have is like Saturday and Sunday, and typically Saturday is just my clean day to be able to do. All the stuff around the house. It takes like but 20 minutes to go to the grocery store. A lot store. of people just go to the store like man, every other day to get a couple things, maybe for today and tomorrow, and then I'll come back. I never understood that. That would I I would go insane if that was the case. I, I live I live across the street from the store. No, I know, but I don't like grocery shopping. I hate it. So why are you going every other day? Just commit to 20 minutes. It's just go. It's longer than 20 minutes. You gotta think about the weight from from being in the line. You gotta man, seriously, like there's a lot to go into grocery Dude, shopping. If you learn the layout of a grocery store, you could be done in 10 minutes. You, you can just could. go boop, 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 all over the aisles and then find the shortest line. You can maybe you wait for three minutes in the longest line. But again, for me, it's like, man, I'll just get, get what I get what I need for today because I don't want to be in the store for that long. I don't want to be in there for 20 minutes. I want to be in there for, 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 for six, you know, and get all the things I need and be out I of the I think store. you could do a full grocery shopping in six minutes. I probably could, but then I'll end up with a bunch of stuff that I didn't want and, and leave all the well, stuff that I didn't want. That's why you make a list yeah. for sure. Yeah. I guess the, the Fred Meyer click it I told or whatever you were responsible. is like five bucks no matter what. So you could just order online and and uh, have it waiting for you. You don't have to do your shopping at all in the store. Oh, yeah, a lot of supermarkets. Start yeah, to do that. and that's big on Fred Meyer right now since you live right across the street from them. You could literally go to your computer. It, it, you have all your stuff probably. You could probably make your list of your things that you get all the time, make it real easy that way. They just get it all ready for you. You drive up and pick it up. Sounds like a good idea. That's you, a good plan. You can be even less responsible and yeah. just say, hey, you do it. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's the, that's the way we're going Don't as a society. As long as there's no, you know, initial fee or a, a additional fee, then yeah, I'm in there. Let's go. Hey, based on the Super Bowl ads, there's gonna be a robot gonna be handing you those bags soon. Even better. I don't have to exchange pleasantries or anything. Also, uh, one other thought from yesterday before we move on to sports. I think conglomerate auto glass company in Oregon is making sure everyone still uses gravel. Because my windshield got hit by gravel like 15 times yesterday. And luckily, I didn't get any cracks. But how many people have to replace their windshield after a snowstorm here? Quote, unquote. Like 50% of the people. I see windshield cracks everywhere after they put the gravel down. I think it's conglomerate auto glass company in Portland. Portland. They want the gravel down because they want to replace your windshield. Conspiracy hmm. theory. <laughs> huh. I hadn't thought of that. I did get a hit a few times with some with some gravel. Luckily, yeah. no no cracks, but we'll see. Wait for the rock chips. We're yeah. going to have to get it replaced. We'll see what's up. All right. Coming up next, where do you want to start? We've got a lot of stuff to get to. We don't really have a specific order we can get to it. I want to do just kind of a quick final thought on the Super Bowl. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've been hearing about it for a week. But we could do a segment on that. We got the Blazers trade deadline, which was disappointing. We got the NBA trade deadline, which was really interesting. It's, it's clear what we have to start with. We got the AAF. It's going to say the Alliance of America football. Woo, woo. I knew Jesse would be excited about it. That's what I have. So many, so many things. All right. Well, is that what you want to start with? Let's do that. All right. The AAF. Next. Yeah, you heard it. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
919 or 920 now here on your Sunday morning. It is bright and sunny and cold, cold, cold outside right now. 20-ish to 27 degrees on the way in. Careful of ice if you're on the east side and it's still icy out there. We're going to start with the AAF, I guess. Rashad and Jesse seem very excited about it. Yes. I, uh... We had a good talk to start, you know, the, the morning. Well... About the AAF, so... I, uh... I mean, I'm not really ashamed, but I, I did not watch a lick of it because I had family in town. Also, I don't particularly care. But what I did see was a lot of positive social media reaction. Granted, a lot of the positive social media reaction was from CBS reporters who are probably trying to push their own product because it's on CBS or CBS Sports Network, that is. And I'm just curious if you guys, if the two of you watched it, what what was it like? Was it good quality football? Was there unique angles to it that was different? I really don't know much about it outside of seeing some of the buzz about it. I saw a video that you can hear the refs reviewing plays, which I thought was cool. Uh, nice novelty part of the sport. But did you feel like this could be something that could stick or is it just cool because it's new and it'll fade over time? What's your what's your hot takes? I mean, so I, I actually didn't see the game because I was watching. Was it only one game? Two. Two. I was watching the NBA game, so I wasn't really paying attention, which was a, a great game by the Oklahoma City coming back, I think, 26 down and coming back to beat the Rockets, so good job by then. But, I mean, I, I've kind of tuned in. I kept flicking, flipping kind of back and forth, but not really enough to say I watched the game, so I missed a lot of the some of the cool plays that kind of happened. But for the most part, man, I'm it's, it's football. And so was – the XFL, but see, so but I, I, and, I, and I think that's what you know. Jesse and I were kind of talking about because the USFL was incredibly and it, it, it was it was successful for a while. You know, the, it was it was another league, and I think where where people go wrong with these leagues is they try to directly compete with the NFL, and I think that's what the issue is, as opposed to trying to be just an alternative or something or, or something else or another vehicle to possibly get you to the NFL. We can say what you want to about the XFL, but there are a few players that came from the XFL that had some NFL success. We talked about, uh, Jesse and I were talking about um, the guy, he hate me, you know, uh, Rod Smart. He used to be the running back for the XFL and then went and played for the Carolina Panthers and start returning punts and stuff like that. Josh uh, Wilcox. Josh Wilcox. Although you know, he did it the other way. He went from the NFL to the XFL. Yeah, but see, he still w- was was able to play in that game, you know, the XFL, maybe a little bit of additional notoriety because here you have this guy who played in the NFL and had some NFL success to come down here and play here. So I think it's a great uh, way for some of these guys that don't get drafted in the one of the seven rounds, which is ridiculous to me that baseball has, like, what, 16 rounds? How many rounds tonight for, for the draft? Oh, Way more than that. Yeah, baseball has a lot. but Baseball's got like 70 rounds. It, it's crazy to me when Jesse and I were talking about this as well. Like a sport like football that has so many injuries and you have um, so many guys that are now retiring at a much earlier age because of, you know, they're, they want to, you know, prevent any trauma to their head or to the rest of their body or anything like that. Man, why wouldn't you have more guys on your roster than just the 53? Well, maybe this serves as another opportunity to go out there and say, hey, we need a center. Man, what about the guy from the AAF? Like, we, we at least need a guy that can snap the ball. How many times have we seen all the corners go down and then they got to put in a, a receiver at the cornerback position or the safety position or vice versa? Rob Gronkowski on the helmet. All, exactly. Or all the receivers go down, and now you got to put in DBs who aren't really great at catching the ball, but they're fast. So you kind of have to rely on that. Well, this might be a way to say, hey, man, here's a guy who's fast and can catch the ball. Let's sign him or let's go out there. So I don't think this 
can be a bad – I think it's going to be a bad thing if they start trying to compete with the NFL the way the XFL did and the way the USFL tried to do. Like, you're going to fail if it's like that. But but didn't the USFL try to do the same thing where they were playing in the offseason? Yeah, yeah, but still they Yeah, were, but they had guys like Trump who were literally trying to take on the NFL head-to-head. And that's that's where you fail when you when you try to think that you're bigger than what you are because there there's one thing that I the, the show was talking about this before um, ours as I was driving in the one thing that I agreed with them is that it, it there are no Aaron Donalds Von Millers um, Philip Rivers Tom Brady's in this league right so so obviously there are that that top level talent is not here but that doesn't mean that you can't get that second level talent play. The, and so the if top you're not level talent is basically the couldn't cut it in the NFL talent. Right. I remember Josh Johnson, although he did play well at the end of the season is like, was the first overall pick. Right. And he could right. barely roster in the NFL. So that's the top level of the talent. Correct? Well, the, yes. It, you're looking at like guys that were like tweener threes, twos and threes, the guys that, you know, are right there on the edge. And, if you get the right guys, when you when you think about all the names of of the coaches who are in this league right now, Mike Riley, Eric, um, Rick Neuweisel, um, Mike Marks, Steve Spurrier, Steve it, right? Spurrier, Dennis Erickson, there are some, and, and these are games names, that are names that, man, they can maturate players. You know, guys that maybe they they didn't quite get enough. Maybe they came out a year early and they kind of flamed out. Like this is a perfect spot for them to spend maybe a year, two, three years, maturate into a player that can be serviceable for a couple of years in the NFL. Because it's hard to do in the NFL when you only have seven spots on that practice squad. It's hard to do when you only have 53 roster spots and you you can only dress up 48 of them every Sunday. Every major sport has like a – Another league, a feeder, you know saying, a, feeder, a feeder system. You know, baseball has you know triple A, double A baseball. Hockey has you know the the you have like WHL and some of those other things. CHL, CHL. Yep. You know, all There's around the country. Hockey, you know, yeah. what I'm saying soccer. You know, we're watching the Italian league right now. You know, there, so there's no, a we're no, watching something on the Golf Channel. Oh, what happened to the Italian league? You didn't put it. Oh, on. my bad. Well, after we finish <laughs> watching golf. You know, so there's why is football the only one that has the most injuries of, of any of those sports as far as joints and ligaments and everything like that? Why are they the only one without a feeder system? Maybe these other leagues, the XFL, and Vince McMahon, I'm a big wrestling nerd. Everybody knows that. Man, he is one of the most bullheaded people you'll find as far as um, business is concerned a lot of times because he wants to compete directly with whomever is is in that certain form of entertainment you know so he wants to try to shut business down that's where he went wrong the first time with the xfl but the xfl did bring some things to the nfl that or did take uh nfl took some things from the xfl to kind of help with their overall production text your thoughts to 55305 better you today text time we'll continue this next is there staying power with this i mean it was one day right two games is this a lot of this is new and cool and it's it's different and it's football and we we just finished the super bowl and we're going to miss football or does this appear to have some sort of a staying power in your mind? That's next uh, Sports Sunday. Got it right. Very good job. Here's Jesse with Sports Sunday.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. For those that are interested, this just popped up from outside the lines. Uh, it's really, really long read, so we're not going to be able to get to it on the show today. We were just kind of skimming it, but might be on the fan this week. Uh, Bob Costas, apparently, or he spoke with outside the lines, and it shows how he went from being basically the top NFL reporter to being basically kicked off the NFL coverage and kicked out of the Super Bowl because of his discussions of concussions on NBC during football broadcasts. Uh, I'd like to read it. I don't have time right now. It's quite long. It's one of those um, really, really deep. Uh, the, the author is the guy who's done a bunch of these before, uh, Mark Fainero-Wada. He does these really big, breaking, deep pieces. So be interesting to read that if, you, uh, if you've got time and you want to take that in. It's probably going to be about a... I don't know, five, 10 minute read looks like. So uh, if you want to dig that, dig into that, feel free. It's kind of got a little bit of history of Bob Costas at NBC. I was just skimming it, but uh, we'll probably talk about that on the fan this week coming up. Anyway, continuing with the AAF member text, your thoughts, the better you today text line five, five, three, zero five. Oh, the text we got was what does it pay its players? Generally the average is $75,000 a year. Most of the players sign three year, 250 K contracts to compete with what the XFL, because remember the XFL is starting up again next year, next mm-hmm. year. And that's going to be the salaries for them. So it's going to, the average is that $75,000 per player. So not a, not a ton in, in sports money, but you know, a decent living if you're playing that every single year. And that's an interesting part of it because I think in order for players to play in this league, whether or not they view it as a stepping stone up to the NFL or not, there needs to be enough incentive for them to do it. So they can't be getting paid pennies. They need to be getting paid something. And, yeah, and I, I mean, think that's, that's seventy five thousand is nothing in sports, but that's you know. Well, I maybe mean, that's it's, it's absolutely something. If you, I mean, considering if you're a basketball player and you're a marginal, not even a marginal basketball, but you play college, there's probably an opportunity for you to go play overseas and go make you thirty five thousand a year, forty thousand a year. Again, not a, you know, not like an awesome, you know, uh, salary, but still, you're still able to make money. By playing a sport, by doing something that, man, we did for free or we had to pay to do more than that, you know, growing up. And so you get a chance to make money doing that. And so that's still 75000 Like, get out of here. There's a lot of people right now that would love that salary of seventy five right. grand. That's what know, I'm saying. To, is to play football. And really, it's, it's not it, big in sports, but yeah, I think it it's, like a, it's a good good wage. And I think it's like, what, eight games in the XFL is what they're trying to do next year? Like, that's seventy five k for eight games. Hey, man, sign me up. All right. I'll play. I'll play. You know, DN. So that was that was one of the questions we got on the text line. I guess. Did you feel like a lot of the buzz was because it was the first day and it was two games, or do you feel like there's going to be some staying power with this? Because we've seen this with all sorts of these football leagues, right? We've seen a ton of these small football leagues start, and there's so much excitement in the beginning, and it's so quickly phased. And it's not just football. I mean, it's us as a culture, right? Us as humans. Everything that's new is really exciting, and oh my god, I got to go wait in line for this place. I need to go wait in line for these shoes. I need to whatever it is. I need to watch this brand new sport that's out, and then something else comes along, and you completely fade away. So, does it have staying power, or is this just another blip on the radar of Americans liking new things and then getting tired of it? I think that totally depends on how they market it, and that totally depends on what they make it look like. We said the same thing about the was it the was the three ball league or the the three on three the three on three big three the, the big, big three. three thank you so much it's 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 niche. it's not gonna it's not gonna be very good nobody wants to see these old kind of washed up players then what do you know man ratings are 
for for what they thought it would be, ratings were through the roof for the big three. Like people actually were interested in, in kind of seeing that. Why? Because it was marketed well. It's put on the right station. They had the right uh, commentators and the right people around it to kind of build some buzz. You know, with that, if they can figure out the right people to put, like <laughs> Jeff Fisher is the. Let me see his title. Jeff Fisher is the director of football strategy for the AFF. That makes me nervous because Lynch and I were joking here is like Fisher and strategy are like oxymorons. Those words don't necessarily go together. And so, but Hey, some seven and nine BS is better than some five and 12. They're lucky. They only play 10 (laughs) games because you know, that, that seven, nine BS will be coming right with you. It'll be like, like, like three and seven, four and six BS. (laughs) But it's not like he has an actual effect on the teams himself. He's not coaching the teams. He's not a general manager. He's, I, I imagine he's making decisions like this, where he say we're right now. I, okay. So you're right. Marketing's where it's at, right? Right. Like, the XFL, when it, it tried doing its thing, no fair catches, and it had this huge marketing scheme. They spent millions of dollars trying to make this big thing, making it seem like you were going to have a sport that was similar or better than the NFL, when in reality, we can't have that. We don't the, – the best of the best are already in the NFL. Now, what you can do is – one thing is you you have no football during this whole spe- period of time, and, and people do – go through start jonesing for football that's why people start watching preseason believe it or not preseason gets pretty decent ratings for what it is because people jones for it now one i think they came up with this league a little too early right now they should have waited a couple months right wait yeah, it's like it's way too close to the nfl people it, exactly but people also are might be okay with the break but the but that also same, might be brilliant you know what i'm saying just because the one thing you know people are looking for after the football season's over there's this big lull like oh my god we're not going to see anything else and then what do you know? Oh, is that Mike Riley? Is that his team playing? Okay. Is that uh, Dennis Erickson's team playing? Oh, okay. Well, I'll watch this for a little bit. Maybe not for a long time. It's like that first week of college football. You're not watching Delaware versus Appalachian State. But, oh, shoot, football's on. Let me go ahead and check this out for a little bit. I think it was brilliant to come on the week after the NFL, the Saturday that, you know, Sundays are still going to be dominated. Now it's going to be dominated with the honeydew list, and everybody knows that. So, to come out on Saturday and do that Saturday, man, I, think, I thought it was. I think like late April, May, when these teams, when those college teams are doing their their the spring, spring games. games and stuff, that's people start watching these because they're jonesing for football. That gives you a little bit more time to work with it. Um, now, now, one thing that this does is doing it immediately after the Super Bowl is it does allow it to be more of a feeder system because all of a sudden you go, okay, the season's over. We have a few months to like get this guy out of this league, get him into our system, work him in, and, and and you don't have to wait a whole year to get this guy acclimated or he's not coming straight out of a one league right into another league play, with no break in between the games because we know that needs to be done. But the, I, I, but the, the fact is is that they did a really soft launch of this. This is They've been talking about it, but it's not like the XFL when they had commercials and all these promos to try to launch this thing. You, unless you were really tuned in, plugged in, you didn't really know that AAF was launching yesterday. No, right? I had no idea. It's a soft launch, no which idea. allows okay. them to kind of go out, work out the wrinkles without having this huge audience going, oh, these guys don't know what the heck they're doing. So I think that was brilliant. And then finally, I the, the, the coaching, everything that they did just makes it kind of like the coaching tree that they – that they picked are guys that are really known for developing players, getting a lot out of their players, which is really good for a a developmental league. So I I think as long as you kind of take that, 
that model from the minor leagues, right? Like, as long as you don't expect to make billions of dollars off of this the way that the NFL did and you model it more off of the minor league systems, I think this is something that has a little bit of staying power, especially considering people just jones for football. And I I am curious about that point because I'm going to be 100% honest. I do not care about this league. I will likely never watch it unless it's just on the TV. I just don't care. I have no interest. None. I, I'm. It's not that I... I don't think it could be a good product. It just doesn't interest me. So why would I spend time watching it? it? Just it's just not in my radar, right? Sorry if that if that sucks for some people, but it's just not. Why would that? Why don't man? Don't apologize. But it's it's one of those things for me where I wonder what percentage of people are like what Jesse is saying, jonesing for football so much that they'll watch that. In terms, I know there's a lot, but I'm saying what is the percentage of people who are football fans who can't wait the four months until we get back towards the NFL again. I'll say this, and you, and you kind of brought it up during the break. Uh, they, AAF beat in a, uh, NBA ratings on the first night, like a 2.8 million viewers on the first night when they're still, like Jesse said, is working out the kinks. And people aren't really super interested in NBA basketball before the All-Star break, you know, right now. And so on the first night on a, on a, a sport, they're still trying to figure out exactly who they are and what they want to be. They beat the NBA, and that kind of lets me know. That, and they, they didn't just—they didn't beat. You know, this wasn't a, a, a Clippers, a Hornets game. You know, this is Rockets, James Harden, and uh, Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George. Like these are some of the superstars in the NBA. And these Harden are, and George went at it. These are in the forty-point games a piece. You know what I'm saying? And a twenty-six-point comeback. Yet and still, people were watching that in that uh, football game. So it just kind of puts it in the, into perspective exactly how many people love football nfl or not it's still going to be number one well even i watched the pro bowl this year and i'm like man the aaf has to be better than the pro bowl the pro bowl was bad and look at the ratings that it got like there's there's no reason why if you market it right and you don't try to market it as something that's better than the nfl or is the nfl then then that that itself has staying power because you're not trying to be something that you aren't and i think that there's some interesting things that they're not that they're doing in this there there is no kickoff there's no extra point in this league. And then one thing that they did last night, they did a review. And you know what they did? It, they you let you, the refs, right? you got to hear what the ref was talking about as they were going through the process. How cool is that? And guaranteed the NFL sees that and says, huh, that could be pretty cool. We call it, we'll call it the ref view or the ref something. And it'll be sponsored by Google yep, make or money something off like of it. that. That's exactly what they're going to do. So the, my take on this is, it's going to have to be something really special to stick around long-term because we've seen so many of these leagues come and go over the course of the last 30 years at this point. And they start, and they're successful in the beginning, and then they fail, and then there's another one that starts, and it's successful, and then it fails. This is going to have to be something really, really special for it to stick around and take up that vacuum from whether they start in February or April or whatever until August it needs to there needs to be a lot going for it i like some of the ideas that they're bringing to the table that are interesting and unique you're right marketing is going to be the biggest thing for this um but also like we open this segment people want the new thing and when it's not new anymore are they still going to be interested just because it's football or is it or are they going to go ah oh, i mean it's cool but the play kind of sucks compared to the nfl so you know, I'll spend time with my wife this Saturday. <laughs> well, the one thing that we haven't mentioned that I think could be the biggest aspect of whether it stays or goes is how 
they connect with the gambling community. If they if they find a way to really uh, find a fun way to to do fancy football, if they find a way to really get gamblers gambling on on football, it'll stay around just from that aspect. That's probably a good point. Yeah, where the money is, that's where the the things will stay. Good text here, and then we got to go. Shouldn't. Uh, have given people a side-to-side comparison of NFL football really makes you aware the talent gap start April 1st, kind of like what Jesse was saying there. I kind of agree with that. I mean, it's it's, it's cool to start it right away so that there's no break from football. But, yeah, if, you, if you're if you watching it right after the playoffs and you're going, wait a minute, this is pretty awful comparatively. Yeah. It, might, it might impact it negatively. But then again, I, I can see both arguments. But that's a good text. Texas better you today. Text line 55305. One more segment this hour. Let's do a quick... Final thoughts on the Super Bowl. And we only got one more? In the hour. Oh, my gosh. It's 9.45 already? Yeah. Jeez Louise. Where's the time go? Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. I guess so. Talking to AAF. <laughs> uh, let's, wrap, let's wrap up the Super Bowl quickly next, and then we'll move into some Blazers and NBA topics in the second hour. Plus, hate it or love it at 10.30. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.47 on your Sunday morning. Let's get some final thoughts of the Super Bowl. We've had a whole week to digest it, but we as a show have not had a chance to talk about it since we were on Sunday last week previewing the Super Bowl. First to say, I was wrong about literally everything. (laughs) I will eat all the crow in the world. Jared Goff was not a butterfly ready to go. He is... He sucked, and there was no offense, and the Patriots are great still, I guess. Although, to be fair, the Patriots didn't play well either. But um, I was wrong about everything, and I will just start off by saying that. I was not right. I I had a lot of predictions, and they were all very, very wrong. But that is the business, after all. You can be wrong about predictions. And I guess where I want to start is that game sucked. It was really boring, and I – even as a football diehard, I couldn't even appreciate the good defense because I felt like it was more bad offense than good defense. And I really enjoyed the fourth quarter because you got the Tom Brady typical fourth quarter drive to win it. You gave Jared Goff a chance. Um, there was a little back and forth at the end. It was interesting, I guess. But generally, I thought the game was pretty boring. And uh, I wish with those two teams, we would have gotten a more interesting contest. I guess that's my overall <sighs> It was not a good game. It was not a fun game to watch. Uh, it was fun if you like two things, which which really kind of sucks to say because it continues to put more light on the fact that we don't care about defense. We don't – nobody – everybody says, you you know, you want a good defense. I you want to see about, good defense play. No, I, we don't. Because, I care about defense. Because I just want big defensive plays. That's the thing. Yeah, we want the big boom plays. Yeah. You don't want to see a good defensive game. That's much different. Well, like a good it? defensive game is – possession after possession for the offense, and you're finding a way to stop that. And what you saw was two teams on defense that, man, were better than both offenses. Just, you know, that, that's just kind of surprising what it was. Surprising to say, too. No, and, and, and it's really surprising for, for at least for one of the teams. It was surprising. You know, for the Patriots, I'm like, man, damn, they're playing really good against this Rams offense. And for the Rams, I'm like, uh, business as usual. 
but they did a great job on Aaron Donald. So if you like defense, you love the game. I saw a lot of people say, oh, man, if you don't watch football, then you don't really know. And that was No, it was boring because there wasn't a lot of scoring. If I, like, I saw the so much. It was so smarmy. There were all these football fans who were like, you're not a real football fan if you didn't enjoy the game. It's like, what are you talking about? No, I'm a Patriots fan, and I didn't enjoy the game. Like, it's it's one of those things. It was it was not a, a very fun-to-watch game. But also, I love defense, and so I was kind of like, I can t- totally understand how somebody could see that game and be like, man, that was a great defensive effort for, for everybody and there everything. Were, there were really good defensive game plans in play. Absolutely. By both defenses. Uh, we've heard all the details about what the Patriots did and – how they looked at Matt Patricia's film when the Lions played well against the Rams earlier this year, and they played basically a zone defense in the back, and they they rushed at the front, which left the middle of the field open, but they didn't throw to the middle of the field for some reason. But that's kind of my point. They both came in with good defensive game plans, but the offenses really didn't do much to adjust to them. No. Like the Rams, it felt like the Rams didn't do anything to change their offensive game plan until midway through the third quarter when they started finding Brandon Cooks deep a little bit more. They were going after a little bit deeper passes, trying to kind of get into the middle of the that gap where the zone and the rush was happening. And the Patriot, I mean, Tom Brady was captain check down the whole game. I mean, it worked in the beginning because Julian Edelman was open every time. But yeah, it, it, they it was not. That's why I say it wasn't good offense. There were great defensive game plans, but the offense was bad, which led to the game being born. Well, at the end of the day, they just played keep away. You know, they just wanted to make sure they had the ball for most of the game to make sure they could kind of shut down any any of those big plays that the Rams are really used to. I mean, they've got big play guys all around them. And you really – it's the first time during the playoffs that you saw how how much of a different team they are without Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cup – now, mind you, while he wasn't the guy that was catching a lot of the touchdowns, the fact that he was out there – He's man, the over-the-middle guy. He was, he, was over the, he was over the middle, and he drew either your linebacker or one of your safeties away to where you could leave somebody like Brandon Cooks wide open. And all of a sudden, Robert Woods – is wide open. Not having Cooper Cup there uh, is really kind of a big issue for them. But for the Patriots, it it's was cool, just, by the way, that a kid who went to Eastern Washington absolutely is that is important. That, is to that important. A good team. You yeah. look at San Francisco's roster. Another kid from Eastern Washington, uh, Kendrick Bourne, who's actually from Portland, kind of became a bigger part of their offense towards the end of the season, especially considering they didn't have a whole lot of receivers. So Eastern Washington is definitely doing their thing. Bo Baldwin was a great coach up there. Anyway, uh, this game was just. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady just showing uh, how much smarter they were than everyone else. Like, they just kept finding Julian Edelman, who had just a phenomenal game. Like, did he's second all-time in postseason receptions? Julian Edelman? Word? Like, I mean, and mind you, this is only his third uh, championship with the Patriots, and I think this is his fifth Super Bowl game overall. So Julian Edelman, somebody who's been there for a long time, and he played his off in that game. Yep. Like, he was, he was everywhere. Gronk made – the right place at the right time, but they didn't account for any Brady scoring touchdowns. Well, right? so the one that he caught at the one essentially counted. No, that that's touchdown. that was that that's the one that sealed the game. Then you let Sony Michelle, the rookie, go in there and do his thing. So I mean, if you look on when they put the highlight video together, it's gonna look like a really intriguing game. You know, you're gonna see a lot of hits on defense, you're gonna see a lot of things happen. But for the most part, it was just kind of a yawn fest. Like, oh and then halftime came and it was like, oh my god. Gosh, oh, yeah. the serious. halftime show was awful. The commercials I didn't find to be particularly great. Um, although I was at a party, so I didn't get a chance to truly sit and enjoy the commercials as much as I normally do. Well, try they to, weren't good, try, bro. Try to enjoy the commercials. There was a couple of decent. I went back and watched some of them. There was a couple of decent ones. But generally, not the best game. It gives you an appreciation more so of Bill Belichick 
and I think it hurts a little bit Sean McVay's reputation because he did not adjust until too late. And it could just be, you know, he's young. It's his first championship game. And, of course, he's going up against Belichick, who can outscheme the best of them when you're talking about playoff and Super Bowl games, especially given two weeks to prepare. But I just – I wish the Rams would have played better and schemed better, and I wish Goff would have looked a little bit more prepared. He, he didn't have to have the best game, but he was under pressure, and he looked he looked small in the moment to me. And I, I wish he would have just shown a little bit more because – and I'll, Todd Gurley, please. Yeah, Someone I don't know. explain Just to explain. me why he, Todd Gurley isn't he, playing. I don't know, man. He must have that done. frustrated me. He must have got it, man, Coach McVay's wife or something. He she did. Is, she is hot. She's smoking hot. So, I'm, I, would, I mean, I get it, but you don't do that to the, to the homies, you know, lady. But there's something else going on there. This isn't a knee issue because when he ran the ball, he looked good. You know, it just he wasn't going anywhere with it. But I guess my one takeaway from that game outside of the Gurley thing was weird was that um, – it was special, and it was special just from the standpoint of smart money says that we're never going to see this again. Like, there are some crazy Brady stats that I put on my Facebook, and I am have to find them real quick because I want to make sure I don't say it uh, incredibly wrong. But um, this dude, Brady, is we, we, have to, we have to concede to the fact that we're, we're, we're probably never going to see nothing like this, you know, ever again. You know, it's it's – it's crazy to think of somebody getting the nine Super Bowls. So I found it. So Brady's won more Super Bowls than any quarterback has played in. So the only other person to play, uh, any quarterback to play in as many Super Bowls is Elway. He's got five. He's only played in five. Brady's won six. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady has won as many Super Bowls than any player has played in. So Mike Logan's played in six. He's the only other player in the NFL to play in that many Super Bowls. Brady has that many rings. Like, when you start putting that stuff into perspective, like, he's got as many rings as the Pittsburgh – Brady, not the Patriots. Brady has as many rings as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I saw a lot of – there was a lot of crazy (laughs) Brady versus the rest of the league combined stats. Yeah, You're never – we're never going to see that again. Like, I mean, is Jordan going for six six for six in the finals? You know, some things you're just probably not going to see anymore. And it's crazy that one dude – Elway, who's one of the greatest ever, has been to the Super Bowl five times. Brady went nine and won six. Those numbers you'll never, ever, ever see again. So just take time, appreciate what you've seen from Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because the smart money says it's never going to happen again. Yeah, it's hard to do it in the NFL, and we will likely never see something like this. It's it's almost like it's two different dynasties because there was that long gap of them not winning in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna just I'm gonna give them the, the pass on that and just say it's basically been an 18 year dynasty, which 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 is even more impressive. You look at how the league has changed so much in 18 years. You know, from the time they won the first Super Bowl against the Rams, uh, defense was everything, and Brady was more of a game manager, and you had to have a, a, a great defensive line and a great uh, DBs if you wanted to be able to do anything. And then things progressed and became more of a you know kind of a quarterback league and you couldn't really touch anybody and Brady was able to dominate with a Randy Moss and become an offensive juggernaut and then tell me a better clock management guy than Tom Brady in the fourth quarter there isn't one there's our final thoughts in the Super Bowl we'll take a little break from the NFL unless there's any big free agency news or anything for a couple weeks probably I mean the NFL is always going so there'll probably be a story here or there that we'll have to get to frankly that Bob Costas thing could be something we get to next week if we uh get a chance to dig our teeth into it during the week here. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take a break today. 
at least from some football. And next hour, we'll spend a lot of time on the Blazers and the NBA. We had the trade deadline, which was interesting this year. Uh, Usually the NBA trade deadline I find pretty disappointing. You get a lot of smaller name players going. But this year was very intriguing. No Anthony Davis trade, but still very intriguing. Uh, We'll start with the Blazers, though. That's next here on Sports Sunday on the fence. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.